Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. I'm going to put a headline on this show okay. that you are not aware of yet, but I know the topics that we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to refer to this show as this is the day Mason gets all hot about the show. Why? You're going to have some serious takes today, I have a feeling. Because it, you have some spiciness that you're bringing to the table? No, it's not the, what I'm bringing. It's just I have a feeling you have a strong opinion about more than a few of these things that we are going to talk about. Time well, I mean, now, I, I sent you some of them. I know. Yeah. I know. Time yeah. now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Okay, Pat Shermer met the media today, and every time Pat Shermer meets the media, it's, let's just say, uneventful. It's answering questions without really answering questions. He was asked by our friend Jeff Legwald from ESPN about what stats he refers to from, quote, number crunchers, and I think it is fair to say his answer seemed a little bit dismissive. Just points and wins. Yeah, the, the important thing is to win, and then certainly um, when you score points, because we're all charged with scoring points. We had nine drives the other day. We scored on six of them. That, I, I think that's pretty good for the numbers, guys. You know, And I think that's what you, that's what you want to do is, is score points. And ultimately score one more than your opponent, which is a win. The rest of it, the rest of it helps tell the story maybe a little bit, but those. Are there any in there that you? Well, all the efficiency, all the efficiency ones are important. Um, you, you can. There's a long list of them, right? I mean, we we scored in two minutes before the half, right? We ended the game with the ball, and got a score, right? The one that we didn't do so well, we had a, a series backed up there where we went a three and out. We can't do that. But uh, we were third downs were good, five for five in the red zone. I mean, all that tells the story. But ultimately, ultimately, you want to score one more point than your opponent. That's important, at least, and then uh, win the game. Those are the those are the important pieces. Okay, so you mentioned you put more than a few things in the show notes today, quoting you from the show notes. This might be the worst answer to an honest question I've ever heard. And go. Yeah. He says it twice. Ultimately, score one more than your opponent, which is a win. Well, no bleep, Sherlock. Do you think we're idiots? Maybe I, he does. I think he does think we're idiots. It was, it, honestly, that, that string of words that said absolutely nothing was... M- was possibly the most condescending answer I have heard from a coach in my two decades plus of covering the NFL. Why do you think he was so condescending? I He's been condescending in the past. I think it just went to another level. I think it's just his nature. 
I think it's that I I think he I, look. I can't blame him. It's been a rough season, and I don't think he I don't think he particularly cares for the for the Q and A sessions. I get it. It's been it's been rough for the offense at times. It's been rough for him. the The ironic thing is that you know the, these numbers that he dismisses, a lot of them actually paint the offense in a much more favorable light than a lot of people would think, just based on the point total per game. A lot of the the numbers you dive in show that. The offense is doing a fair amount of good things. He should want to embrace those. They enhance his case for what he's doing. Yeah. You think this is a case of a guy who knows he's essentially a dead man walking, so it really doesn't matter what he says at the podium? I'm very Bohemian Rhapsody-esque. Nothing really matters to me. I can't sing as well as But does it? Maybe. You and I have talked about this. You mentioned it earlier in the week. You don't think he's back after this year? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I think that if Vic does come back, if they have a winning record, they make the playoffs, I think George would say to him, you need to let go of Pat Shermer. Kind of like when Gary Kubiak was the head coach, John Elway said, Rick Dennison needs to go. And there are a few other guys that need to go. Gary said no to that. Do you think Vic will say yes? If Vic wants to keep his job, because if he says no, then both are gone. At the end of the day, Shermer wasn't dealt a great hand with his quarterback. He got a better quarterback. One the- that fits more what he wants because, as he said, another answer to a question, doesn't really want to ride the roller coaster. Listen, he wants to even keel the consistency. Well, that's Teddy right there. I am not going to suggest that I know a ton about football X's and O's. I would be completely disingenuous if I tried to convince anybody of that. Unlike a lot of radio hosts in town who try to convince you that they watch a ton of tape all the time and they watch every single game and they chart every single play and they can do it in a span of two days, which is absolutely impossible if you want to do it the right way. Or unless you just don't want to sleep, but then you're not doing it the right way because if you don't sleep, you're tired with and then you're missing stuff with that. I talked to a former NFL scout and I talked to a former NFL coach. And I asked them both specifically about Pat Shermer's offense. And they both said to me, it's unimaginative, it's not creative, and it's very easy to defend, specifically in the passing game. His answer today sums up the way he designs an offensive game plan. Plain unimaginative and I know more than you and it will work. If it were working that well, the Broncos wouldn't be lingering around 20 points a game. No. And I think maybe, maybe part of uh, his tone today was coming off the 38 point, uh, 38 point performance, 38 points aided by takeaways and short fields against a team that was decimated by injuries and by COVID absences. That team that they that they scored thirty eight on 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 Sunday last Sunday I should say. That team would face a tough fight against probably the best USFL team this coming spring. Now that's a that's not an NFL team out there. You and I have made this comment about Pat Mahomes in the past. Mahomes, 
Pat Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, whatever you want to call. Oh, him. Not, not his brother. Well, no, I was like, not his, bro- not was his like, brother who loves doing TikTok videos. I was just thinking, and gets kicked out of restaurants. I didn't know we were going to Mahomes because, like, you, you no, said no, I'm going Shermer to Mah- Mahomes. I'm going and, to okay. Mahomes for a reason. Okay, you and I have had this conversation that I think at the end of the season it's going to come out that he has been injured. Yes, I think it's going to come out with Teddy Bridgewater as well that he's been playing at roughly seventy five percent this season, especially since October. Right. The first, I mean, he had the concussion. He came back from that. But then the injuries that he played through against Cleveland in particular when he basically had to hobble up on the podium just to do his press conference. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if we learned that as well. Right. That he was that he's been playing it less than full When strength. you look at the offense and you watch it much more closely than I do, you're at every single game. You have the eye in the sky. You watch film, tape, whatever the hell you want to call it. Do you really the, see? We we talk a lot. The all twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> we just go we, through all the terms. We we we, we talk. <laughs> we pass pro and uh, fluid hips. We talk quick twitch. A, don't forget that. Right. We talk a lot mm-hmm. about how Bridgewater is not getting the ball to Sutton or Patrick. Um, how Teddy is not a guy who's going to take a big risk. Throwing a 50-50 ball really isn't in his DNA. Guy who's open, maybe. But he always, well, I mean, as you said yesterday, he looked off a safety to throw a pass underneath. With that, how much do you think it has to do with the wide receivers not winning their one-on-one battles? If we're being fair to Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater. A little bit, but part of it is Cortland Sutton is not a guy who's going to get Great separation, especially coming off the ACL. Cortland Sutton is a nine ball jump is a nine ball jump ball type of receiver. Right? Yep. Cortland Sutton, one of his strengths is that he doesn't need a big window to be a viable target. Which makes and Teddy Bridgewater absolutely the wrong quarterback for him. Correct, because Bridgewater wants the biggest window. Right. The lowest risk. Right. Jerry Judy with his route running gets separation. And then you look at the underneath stuff. Well, if they're, you know, if you have the check down, the check down is an open look, right? Bridgewater, it's just it's kind of the it's just the way he's wired, the way he's the way he sees it. It's very much the you can't go broke taking a profit philosophy. Right. That you might sometimes have in Vegas, right? Right. You, you know, you don't don't bet a lot, but you're not going to lose money. You play, take the bet. Play what's the penny there. slots. Play the, play the penny slot. You take what's Be there. there all day. Yeah, take take the take the odds there in front of you. Because one thing about a check down is that if you place it right and you set it up right, you give your receiving target a chance to get yardage after the reception. The problem is, as we discussed earlier this week, if Bridgewater doesn't lead the receiver, the check down option ends up becoming something that gets you five yards on third and 10 rather than the 10 yards that you need. If you lead the receiver and he's got a chance to get some momentum and make a guy miss, then check down becomes great because it can become an explosive play because of yards after the catch. But Bridgewater isn't giving his guys that chance very often. Coming up after the break, boy, the Jaguars did one classic news dump after midnight firing Urban Meyer. A, is he the worst coach in NFL history? And B, has he surpassed Josh McDaniels as the most toxic head coach? In NFL history, I spoke to a guy who played for Josh McDaniels. And I'll tell you what his answer was, knowing that he knows all about Urban Meyer. Next. Give it all your loving, all your 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Don't treat me so mean, good mean it's woman that I've ever seen. Welcome back, so Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie at the McKenzie Law Firm. A while back, I put together my estate plan and my living will with uh, Dan. I couldn't have been any happier. I had so many different questions, and he was so patient with all of his answers. And, you know, the one thing that I learned was if I didn't go to Dan, you know, the courts probably would have decided what I really wanted to do, and I didn't want somebody else making those decisions for me. So Dan helped me put the entire thing together. Couldn't be any happier. Now I feel that, you know, my family is protected. And as far as the living will goes, I mean, that's really about pulling the plug. God forbid something happens to you. You're in a vegetative state. You know, I don't want to be in that state. I want somebody to yank that plug. I'm sure there'll be a line of people around the block to do that anyway. And I don't care who does it, just as long as somebody does it. But I wanted to make that decision that I want somebody to do. I don't even care who it is at this point. With that, if this sounds like you or somebody know, go with a guy that I trust, a guy that I work with, Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, late, late, late last night, specifically on the East Coast, Jaguars fired Urban Meyer less than one year on the job. It was so late, in fact, when I heard the news, I went on to ESPN. Scott Van Pelt had his show on. And I don't even know if it was addressed on the show because that thing is aired live and then it tapes, obviously, and then they just keep rerunning it. So they really had no fresh news. It was actually there was uh, the part that I saw. They had Adam Schefter talking about the dismissal. Probably at the end of the show. Yeah, but it became a very, very late night in the NFL. It was interesting because like I went. I, I I wanted to hear what if anything was being said down in Jacksonville, so I turned on the sports talk stations in Jacksonville when they were all on overnight programming. Right, nothing local. Here, here's the thing: you, you asked the question in the show notes: Is he the worst coach in NFL history? As you said last night, I think you have to separate this into two separate buckets. Is he the actual worst coach? Probably not. Is he a guy who might have been the most toxic head coach where he absolutely wrecked the morale of a franchise? Yes, you can put him near, if not at top of the list. I mean, the guy we're familiar with is Josh McDaniels. I talked to one of his former players, uh, and this guy certainly follows the Urban Meyer stuff. And I said, hey, is, uh, does Urban Meyer surpass Josh McDaniels? And his answer was, and this is pretty much a shot at Josh McDaniels because I know all the stories about Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. He said, Urban is right up there. Yeah. If that tells you anything. That's how toxic Josh McDaniel was, McDaniels was. He literally wrecked the morale of a franchise. Yeah. But so did Urban Meyer. They both did. I mean, one reason why I'll say Urban Meyer is probably a notch ahead of Josh McDaniels. I, I, I don't recall Josh McDaniels hiring a racist strength coach. True. Um. I don't recall Josh McDaniels not going home 
with the team after a loss. True. And said staying back. And, and cheating uh, on his wife. Well, now he, he has more time to do that. So good for yeah. him. Good on him. I mean, he should look, that shouldn't even even been an option anyway to not go home with your team. Right. I mean, we, we tell the story about how Mike Shanahan made Trell Davis come back to Denver from New York when the team had lost back in 98, first loss of the season, and then TD had to fly back to New York to go to Sesame Street. So that's that's leadership in action saying, look, we lose, we're doing, no one gets a free ride. Urban Meyer gave himself the out. I mean, that is a, a damning lack of leadership. Calling all of your coaches losers. Right. And according to one report, that he hired, yeah, that, that he, he hired. hired. According to one, he also recommended Steve Adazio. No, he according to one report, he threatened to fire his coaches every week, every week. Right. Well, and, and then literally kicking a player, as we right. learned about with Josh Lambeau. Right. And that's why these things, as bad as McDaniel's was, and McDaniel's, you know, was a cheater, based as far as an on field, on field cheater with a videotape thing. Right. Urban Meyer's on another level. Well, this is what I know about Josh McDaniels, and we know the stories that you have just laid out with the kicker, kicking the kicker, saying what he said to the coaching There's staff. There's a lot of sociopathic stuff with yeah. Urban I mean, Meyer. I understand the stuff, you know, cheating on his wife, and let's just that's call it like it is. That's what he did. Well, that's the thing, Look, but that's personal, okay? I understand that. The, but, but he in, stayed behind. But in football terms, not getting on the plane right. back to Jacksonville with your team is incredibly damning. You, If I were a player, I would have no motivation to play for that guy after that. With that, what I know about Josh McDaniels was, and I don't know this about Urban Meyer, but I'll assume it's probably the same. If you're saying that he threatened his coaches every single week, Josh I, probably did that too. Uh, with Josh, it was a daily <laughs> beatdown. It was a daily beatdown of the players and many of his coaches. It was constantly uncomfortable in those meeting rooms. It was daily. I don't know if it was daily with Urban Meyer. We are familiar with the stories that have come out, the incidents, whatever you want to call them. But with McDaniel's, it was a it was constant tension because the guy was always yelling, always unhappy. Here's the difference between Urban Meyer. And I understand there is an age difference. And maybe you can use this term with both of them. Urban Meyer is just a flat-out jerk. Josh McDaniels was an immature kid trying to run a frat house. And I'm not saying the guys in the building were, you know, fraternity brothers of his but it was like it was like animal house there not the guys were out of control the players or the executives but mcdaniels was the straw that stirred the drink and he was just an immature kid urban meyer is not an immature kid he's just a jerk although we can we can wonder what josh mcdaniels kind of learned from everything because you know, a few years later, he's in line for the Colts job, and he strings him along, strings him along, and backs Correct. out. Well, it's funny because whose name is being mentioned for the Jacksonville job? Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Right. Josh McDaniels. But now the interim head coach is Daryl Bevel, and that's an interesting guy to be promoted. Now, granted, he was their offensive coordinator. If for some reason the Seahawks are interested in dealing mm -hmm. Russell Wilson – how potentially could this affect the Broncos? What if, for the sake of argument, Dan Quinn wants to stay 
in Dallas as the defensive coordinator. I can't imagine he will. I'm sure he'd rather have a head coaching job specifically with George Payton, who he has a terrific relationship with. But that's potentially one guy off the list that could possibly lure Russell Wilson if indeed he becomes available. The other thing is this. If Bevel is not hired, what job is more attractive? The Broncos' job, if Vic Fangio is not back, or Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, or even you don't want to you don't want to get too deep in that line. Or even Seattle comes back in the chat and says, "What if we can use this to mend fences with Russell Wilson?" Right. I mean, I I can't imagine that Seattle, if Pete Carroll moves on, doesn't have a short list that both Dan Quinn and Daryl Bevel are on, given their ties to the glory days of that franchise right? and given what it could mean for trying to rebuild a relationship with Russell Wilson. Now, the interesting thing here with the Bevel Bevel and the Jaguars is he has a legitimate shot at being their coach. This is, this is going to be a little bit of an audition for him. They play the Texans and Jets in the next two weeks. Would it surprise anybody if the Jaguars won those two games? Now that they've got Urban Meyer gone, not at all. Right. People, people, if they steal one of those last two games against the Patriots or Colts, and again, who knows what kind of atmosphere it's going to be around there in Jacksonville now that they're now that the clouds appear to be parting, and then kind of another layer to this is one is Trevor Lawrence the last couple of weeks showing a lot of leadership, standing up for teammates, saying the drama had to end. I mean, Trevor Lawrence kind of made that his team in the last 10 days, even though the on-field work hasn't been what they wanted. He certainly kind of passed the test of leadership. So if the Jaguars win three of the last four games coming up here, don't be surprised if they just say, all right, you know, we're making some progress. You stop the bleeding. It creates continuity for our quarterback, our young quarterback we're developing. And Bevel might be the guy who makes the most sense. Right. Now, some people have suggested, will Urban Meyer ever get another coaching job again if he wants one? Not in the NFL. I'll, I'll, start, I'll start by saying this. The next time he walks into an NFL stadium, he'll be buying a ticket. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, any coach that wants to, any university that wants to roll the dice on him as a college head coach, I can promise you one thing. Recruiting is a nasty business. Let's call it like it is. Uh, there are plenty of assistant coaches out there, coaches out there that trash other coaches in living rooms. If, I don't know, Lincoln Riley is fighting Urban Meyer at, I don't know, let's just say, let's use Florida as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley will sit in the living room and say, you know what Urban Meyer um, did to one of his players, right? Yeah. Do you really want your son to be subjected to that? Boom. That kid's going to Ohio. That kid's going to USC. Right. This will be used against him. And, like, for example, Bobby Petrino went to Arkansas after leaving the Falcons. He had some success. But the way he left the Falcons in terms of leaving the note in every player's locker, that was used against him and Arkansas to a fever pitch on the recruiting trail. Right. And that was damaging. And eventually, Petrino then kind of led to his own demise with the, at Arkansas with the, the motorcycle thing. But this, in terms of 
physically harming a player. And also, oh, by the way, players get re- get real close to their assistants in the college level. Like Draymond Jones, when he was on the podcast with Shelby Harris a few months ago, who basically ripped Urban Meyer a new one. And Draymond Jones, of course, went to Ohio State. He said the thing that kept everything together for him and other players who were largely ignored by Urban Meyer was the assistant coaches. Well, players you often love their position coaches, right? A deep and abiding love. Those guys, those coaches, if they're good, if their position coach is good, they're great teachers and they have their back. Well, what was Urban Meyer doing to those guys who usually right. are really close with their players? So between kicking Josh Lambeau, physic- like physically going after a player, and that, Lincoln Riley, or you name any coach that would be in a recruiting battle with Urban Meyer, this stuff is going to be used against him. He, I think, will coach somewhere on the college level at some point. I do not believe he will be near as successful as he was at Florida and Ohio State. Here's something else. I think he'll have a difficult time getting a job as an analyst. And there is a reason why. And I I, I can't believe I remember this, but I actually remember watching this live on television when it happened. Is this the clip that everyone's played over and over again? Yes. So he's working for Fox Sports. Yep. And he's talking about college football. And he was asked about the criteria to examine for struggling teams. And he rattled off three things. Trust issues, dysfunctional environment, and selfishness. Ding, ding, ding. Well, Urban Meyer <laughs> Urban Meyer embodies all three of those things in spades. So if you are Fox or ESPN or whoever, how in the world do you bring on Urban Meyer and ask him to even open his mouth when he is the complete opposite of something that he actually said on Fox Sports? So he has turned out to be a hypocrite in the media world. He has turned out to be a jerk in the coaching community. I'm not saying he will be a forever pariah in football, but I would have to question any executive, any athletic director, any NFL owner for wanting to hire a guy, and I'll tell you why. Because you can look at Josh McDaniels and say, well, he was just a kid. He was in his 30s. Urban Meyer's 57. He's a grown man. He's 57. Yeah, if you're if you're a grown man and you're 40, what are you at 57? Right. Yeah. He is pretty set in his ways at this point. So shame on you for even interviewing Urban Meyer. Coming up after the break, I don't know what got me to thinking about this today. Colorado State, they're sitting at 10-0 and right now. They are a mid-major team. I'm looking at other mid-major teams who have had success recently in college basketball. Gonzaga, of course. Houston, of course. There are others. I know there's Cincinnati in college football. But why is there so much more success for mid-majors in basketball than football? I have a we'll theory. talk about well I know you do yes that's next and I have a theory too after 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, They've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Okay, so I think it's fair to say Colorado State, their basketball team, appears to be the mid-major darling this season with a 10-0 record. Now, uh, you have Gonzaga, Houston, both mid-major teams. Uh, Last year, they were fantastic. They've been good for more than the last few years, specifically Gonzaga, staying in the top 25, legitimate chance to win the national title. I know Cincinnati is in the playoff, but why do you think we see this more in college basketball with mid-majors than we do in football? And I wrote down my answer. Mm -hmm. You said you have an idea. I'm wondering if we agree. It's a combination of things. Number one. Oh, now now you say combination because you're going to hit one of mine. One is the nature of the sport. It takes fewer players for to be transformative in basketball than it is in football. You can get one. Like you remember Murray State had uh, Ja Morant. Mm -hmm. You get one. You get one Ja all of a sudden you're at least in the round of 32. The other thing is that Early entry is a more of a thing for the draft in the NBA than the NFL. And so what happens is early entry overwhelmingly hits the power conferences that are recruiting guys that are the five stars, and they see them go after you. So you see Kentucky and a Duke and a Carolina and a Kansas that don't have a lot of continuity. CSU, for example, you look at their starting lineup, Three juniors and two seniors. They're right. all upperclassmen. Right. And there's a greater window for a team to come together. Mm-hmm. And thus, they've got an experience advantage on almost every team they face. That's exactly where I was going to go. I agree with you that when you have a great player, let's look at Davidson when they had Steph Curry. Yep. Right? Let's look at Moorhead State when they had Kenneth Fareed. Mm-hmm. Right. You get one of those guys on the court. Navy with David Robinson back in the day right. was... Ne- had never come close to what they were, but for a couple of years they were in the elite eight. They were top ten, top fifteen program because of one guy. Right, but it takes a team. Yeah. One guy can carry a team only so far. But to your point, when you have a senior laden team, and a lot of these guys aren't necessarily draft prospects, mm-hmm. you stay till your junior or your senior year, and then suddenly. You have a team loaded with experienced players playing against younger guys who might be more talented, but maybe aren't as refined at that point in their careers. No doubt. No doubt. And I mean, it's funny because I was looking at there's an, another mid-major, even though they have not broken in, but another another potential darling is actually in Gonzaga's conference, and that's uh, that's the University of San Francisco. Correct. Which is knocking on the door. Bill Russell plays for them? Bill Russell did play for them, yes. No, he currently plays for them? 
Because I know he went there. I didn't realize he still had eligibility left. <laughs> Not quite. But they. But you look at their lineup, and what's interesting is that they have a senior, a junior, and three graduate transfers in their lineup. Right. It's In other words, it's, it's kind of cliche, but it's men against boys. Right. That they're throwing out there, their season, their experience. And that's why I... I'm, that's one of those games I'm already looking forward to greatly is when San Francisco faces Gonzaga because USF could push in the top 25 here very shortly. By the way, we have some breaking news coming out of Cleveland, Ohio. We know Baker Mayfield tested positive for COVID. And now Case Keenum has tested positive for COVID. So now they are down to Nick Mullins who was just added to the active roster on Thursday. Of course, he started 16 games for the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, the Cleveland Browns play the Raiders. Mm -hmm. If you are a Broncos fan, who do you want to win that game? You want, believe it or not, you want the Raiders to win. Correct. Because Correct. you have the Raiders on Boxing right. Day. You can seize the tiebreaker from them. The Browns have the tiebreaker on you head-to-head. -head. It's not going away. And now, though, we are reaching a point with the Browns, and apparently almost everybody on the, the team that has tested positive is vaccinated. You're reaching a point where there are more and more calls to postpone this game. Now, the league has said no postponement, no cancellation for an outbreak among the unvaccinated. But when you have a, a lot of positive tests and vaccinated players being unable to play, that act, this is actually starting to fall into the realm of a game that the NFL, by its rules, would be able to postpone. The problem is they've got this big Saturday doubleheader, right? Yep. you got Browns Raiders early, and you've got Colts Patriots late. They don't want to do anything to disrupt that. By the way, I think way, the game will end up going on. By the way, if uh, Colts Patriots, who are you rooting for in that game? Patriots. Of course you are. Bron Broncos fans rooting for the Patriots. Broncos fans rooting for the Raiders. How about tonight's game? Broncos fans rooting for the Chiefs. There we go. Oh, there we go. How I do you like to ask that? About that, but I guess I won't. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, by the way, what do we have coming up on uh, Mountain High Plains? Just in case you missed it. Well, uh, the Avalanche in action tonight, as well as a uh, Thursday night football game. We'll talk about the Avs. They're going up against another hot team, both teams on five-game win streaks. And have we already seen the best basketball from this player who, when they were drafted, there were some very lofty expectations for? That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. 
If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I've been telling you about Masterpiece Roofing for a long time, and why not? They are the best in the business at what they do. Recently voted Denver's best roofing company, and I absolutely love the way they lay the wood to insurance companies when they don't want to pay. With that, I want to bring in my guy and my friend John from Masterpiece Roofing. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself? Good. I want to talk about my buddy, and I'll name his name so you know who he is, but you know who he is anyway. My buddy, Brian, who came to you guys. He wanted to work with you guys. Can you tell us his story from start to finish when you went out there and how it ended? Well, let's see. So we went out and looked at his roof, knocked on his door, and one of our guys, Raul, inspected his roof, um, found some damage to it. So they filed a claim with the insurance company, and then he met the insurance adjuster at the house. The insurance adjuster came, wrote an estimate for the damages. We did not agree with the estimate and didn't think it was enough. So no. we submitted some extra details, uh-huh. and they're going to pay those extra details. So what did you do to convince them to pay those extra details? Mostly being really good at taking photos and having an excellent, experienced insurance expert in our office, Thad. He is really good at negotiating with these guys. He was an adjuster for a long time, so he speaks their language and He's able to get them to agree to pay for things. Let's put into perspective how much money you saved, my friend. What did the insurance company want to pay? Generally speaking, what did he pay? Well, generally, we can increase a claim by anywhere from five to $10,000. It just depends on, on the loss. I mean, sometimes they'll deny it completely, and we'll get them to pay. It's really a case-by-case basis. You need to call us and have us come out. Um, we've had a lot of trees blown down on houses lately, and uh, I actually met with an insurance adjuster this afternoon for one of those claims. I, so, I am guessing that during the winter time, and we're in winter time essentially right now anyway, but when it snows, you're not going to be going up on a roof. It's, it's probably not safe for you guys. For, so for somebody who is thinking about doing something, what should they do right now? Well, they should call Masterpiece Roofing or get on our website at www.masterpiece.com and schedule an appointment for one of us to come by and take a look at their roof. And then, generally speaking, when do you start doing work? Or if there's no snow, you'll start doing it right away. That's Well, it takes a little while for the insurance claims process to move through. Um, First, the adjuster's got to come to your house. Then they create the estimate. Then we write the supplement and send that in to them, get them to pay more. And then we actually start the work. So if you were to call me, say, tomorrow and ask me to come look at your roof, it might take a couple of months to get it done with the winter weather, 
or it could be really quick and we could get it done really fast. It just depends on, on what you're looking for. So if you need to get your roof fixed, whether you have hail damage or whether you just want a new roof, highly recommend Masterpiece Roofing. Go to MasterpieceRoofing.com. John, happy holidays to you and your family and everybody at Masterpiece. Thank you very much, Eric. You have a good day. You too. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche on the road tonight in Nashville taking on the Predators, 6 o'clock p.m. puck drop. Both these teams on five-game win streaks. Whose streak ends tonight? Um, not the Avs. I think they get, I think they get the win. Of course, if my, prediction, if my prediction trend continues, I picked the Nuggets last night. So I probably just jinxed the Avs by saying their streak will continue tonight. Listen, I want to see the Avs win tonight, but my friend Danny Hynote is an assistant coach with Nashville, so if they win tonight, I'll be okay with it. So you it. can't lose is what you're saying. I can't lose. I yeah, love, I love you Danny. win either way. I love Danny Hynote. Well, then maybe what you really want to see is the game go to overtime. Each team gets at least a point, gets something out of the game. Right. And then whoever gets the extra point gets it. No, I, I, want, yeah. the, I, want, the Avs and I, I want the Avs to win, and I want them to win big. Don't get me wrong, okay? I, I really, really do. Uh, but at the end of the day, if Hynote winds up getting a win, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm just saying that you can have a scenario where the Avs get the full, get the two points, get the win, and if it goes to overtime, then Danny Hynote and his pet and his Preds get the get the get the point out of it. And that, I think there's value to that. Although the thing is, they are comp- they are competing right now. The Avs have two games in hand, but the Predators have 35 points. The Avs have 36. So it's it's a it's a high leverage game this early in the season. Just in case you missed it, Zion Williamson, New Orleans Pelicans star power forward, to be reevaluated in four to six weeks after he received an injection in his nagging injury that he has to his foot. Um, Zion was. 2019-2020 all-rookie team. He's already been an all-star. He was the number one overall pick in 2019. Have we already seen the best basketball from Zion? That's a good question. I mean, there's the other thing also that's that keeps popping out is every time there's a picture of him posted on social media or something like that, people are talking about how he's uh, at a few pounds, which can happen when you're injured and recovering and you're not able to work out and exercise at the same pace that you have in the past. He's always been a big guy. Listen, he's listed at 6'6", 285 pounds already. Right. Already. But the, pr- Sophie, the truth is Sophie's... he's probably north of 300 right now. Right. So, yes. I mean, uh, William the Refrigerator Perry, who is essentially, not the first, but essentially the first 300-pound defensive lineman in football, and I'm sure he wasn't the first, his nickname was Biscuit. And you could probably call Zion Williamson Biscuit as well. Do you know why they called him Biscuit? Because he liked to eat a lot of biscuits. No. 
The Chicago Bears players called him Biscuit because they always said about him, he was one biscuit shy of 300 pounds. And that's Zion Williamson. Yeah, I think I, I think. So now we'll just call Zion Gumbo. The question is one yeah. cup of gumbo from three hundred pounds. And the thing is, it's it's not that he's not going to be effective when it when he gets back out there. I mean, look, he was a twenty-seven point a night guy last year. Okay, right. he's tre- a great great score around the basket, the and powerful presence, but it could be an issue in terms of long term. Do nagging injuries happen because? You know that's th- if you're if you're three thirty three thirty five. You perhaps, think he's that high? There are some that believe he's around three thirty three thirty five. Wow! Yes. You know what? I'm going to change his name. It's no longer Gumbo. In honor of New Orleans, we're going to call him Beignet because he's one Beignet now short of three thirty five. Yeah, Beignet, and that's and that's without the powdered sugar. That's Beignets, Gumbo. I mean. Right, but the thing is, the, the with that hurricane. weight, with we'll that call him weight, hurricane. Yeah, yeah, with that weight, you're worried about uh, the wear and tear on the joints. I mean, I feel like we're having the same conversation about Zion Williamson that we have about Makai Becton in the NFL draft because he was pushing 370, and lo and behold, as talented as he is as a tackle for the Jets, he's had nagging injuries trying to play at that heavy weight. Right. All right, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store. Actually, try out the appliances before you buy them, not to mention their sales staff, really experienced. They can help you find something to fit your budget. They can also help you design an entire kitchen. Work with a sales staff that can get you what you want because they ask all the right questions, and they will get you what you want. Mandy, my fiance, she got what she wanted. She's got a brand new washer because they asked her all of the right questions. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, the Broncos defense has been excellent as a whole, except for one area in which there have been too many holes. We'll explain that after the break. <laughs> 